Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to Crunch Time. Charlie's there. Oya can run onto it. He slips over. Picked up by Holman. In the pocket. Snaps to the teeth of goal. Across the face. Marked by Sanday. He works it backwards. Finds the short kick. And the mark has been taken. There's the siren. The Suns trail by four points. Anderson to win it. From right half forwards, Noah Anderson. The walk-off winner for the Gold Coast Suns. And Noah Anderson, this is his moment. What an absolutely cracking match at Metricon Stadium. Noah Anderson writes himself into footy folklore, kicking a goal after the siren as the Suns sink the Tigers. Ball still alive, through tackle, Georgiades, umpire set play on, Pal Pepper! He kicked one out of the old clacker, and it goes through the middle, the margin goes to 42 points. Connor Rosie stars as Port Adelaide keeps its faint finals hopes alive with a big win over a disappointing Giants outfit. Dacos to Dacos, Nick at the end, has a look, oh you have got to be joking! What can't this kid do? Well, the Pies survive a scare at the MCG, overrunning an inspired North Melbourne side by seven points. They're away again. Mundy always stopped them prop and allowed Brody to run in from just inside 50. Goal umpire doesn't move. Put the nails in the coffin. The Dockers have done enough. And Frio move into third place on the ladder after a third quarter surge against the Saints. The Dockers now set for September, the last time they made finals way back in 2015. We'll unpack all of that and more right here on Sunday Crunch Time. morning everybody happy sunday i hope you've had a fantastic weekend so far it has been a very frosty and chilly morning here in melbourne my name is nat edwards i'll be here with you for the next couple of hours to recap what's happened so far in round 17 and uh, to help me do that is josh jenkins and jj how is it down in geelong is it just as frosty and cold as it is down here in melbourne town Absolutely splendid down here, Nat. Good morning. It's about 22 degrees. <laughs> the sun is out and about, and uh, I can't wait to get out and uh, probably rock a singlet, Nat. <laughs> I always – I drove past the tan on my way into the SEN studios here. Mm. There were people just walking around, shorts and a T-shirt. It just, it, like, baffles me. that That happens a lot. 
Yeah, well, uh, you're in a nice warm studio and you've uh, uh, refused to take the uh, the pom-pom beanie no. off, so you just don't deal with the cold at all. But uh, for those who uh, may have believed me, uh, it's not warm down here at all. <laughs> I don't uh, think it's anyone never believed warm you. Down here. We get sun- uh, I think we get summer down here for about six and a half weeks. But it is a nice sunny day and it's been a nice sunny weekend of footy. It's been... An incredible weekend of footy from Thursday night's one v two clash all the way through to what we saw, what we witnessed um, uh, yesterday at twilight, and then last night at Marvel Stadium, I was there for Fremantle and St Kilda, and what a game that was! So uh, it's been an incredible weekend of footy, Nat, and it's not done yet. I know, not done yet. As you mentioned, still three games to go to. Uh, round out round 17. So obviously Brisbane and Essendon at the Gabba, 1.10pm. I feel for the Brisbane Lions right now because they have been decimated by health and safety protocols and obviously injury as well. Hawthorne Adelaide at Marvel Stadium, 3.20 Eastern time start and West Coast hosting Carlton at Optus Stadium, which... That could be – we love a banana peel game, JJ. That could be the banana peel game of the round. It could be. Uh, I'm not anticipating it to be so. Jacob Wiedering's return will yeah. uh, will bolster not only Carlton's defensive stocks, uh, obviously, but I think their overall uh, demeanour and confidence levels. I think he brings a really strong sense of uh, belief to that Carlton unit across the whole ga- uh, ground, not just the uh, defensive back six or seven. So I, I'm hearing you. West Coast have been ultra impressive in their past two or three weeks, but uh, – I think the Blues, if they are what I uh, think and hope they are, they'll handle West Coast. Yeah, you think that they would, and Blues fans certainly will be hoping they do that. We've got a massive couple of hours ahead. Liam Pickering and Brett Phillips will join us after 12 o'clock today. Uh, Brisbane assistant coach Cameron Bruce also to join us shortly and Essendon assistant coach Dale Tapping will have a chat with us after midday as well. But let's kick things off with, I guess, your likes and dislikes so far from... Round 17, what have you really enjoyed? And I know that you were at that game last night. You called that um, for SEN and AFL Nation. Just talk me through, um, yeah, what you've liked from this round so far. Well, let's start there because it's, uh, it was the one that hit me in the face. And at half time, uh, St Kilda really had the game under a, a level of control. They weren't completely in charge of the game, but they were dominant out of the centre bounce, Paddy Ryder was doing his thing, jumping over the top of Sean Darcy. And uh, some of Seb Ross's ball use out of that centre bounce was there was a couple of occasions where it was genuinely, uh, it looked like training his uh, riders' hits straight into the path of Seb Ross, who was able to find uh, Marshall on one occasion. He found memory once or twice as well. So at half time, it was St Kilda's game to go and take. But Whatever happened uh, at halftime in each of the respective change rooms, I am not sure. But Fremantle just came out like a team possessed mm. in the third term. They got it corrected around the ball. Uh, they they became uh, more potent in the front half. Rory Lobb was a threat all night, but what he did do was start to, to take some big contested marks either up the ground or inside 50. Matthew Tabiner did the same. He was a little more quiet, but he was able to take some big marks you know, up on the wing or even the release kick from half-back just to give them some momentum and some field position. And then their smalls just went to work inside 50. Talking about uh, Frederick and Schiltz and Banfield, they just got to work. They, they, they brought the pressure to the Saints. 
the Saints invited pressure all night. They overused the ball, St Kilda, particularly by hand. And Nathan Fife got involved. He was incredibly rusty in the first half. Very, very potent in the second half. I'm keen to talk about his role in a moment. But it was it was the most impressive uh, mix and blend of footy that I've seen live this year. Not saying by any stretch it's the best team I've seen this year, but just their 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 really nice blend of system and structure down back and that back six working together and bringing others uh, along with them. And then the flair and the dash and the, and the brashness in the front half. It's a really good mix that Fremantle have got there. And, uh, and, and to be honest, they're only just building. They're only just getting underway. I mean, you mentioned the back six. Before the game, Alex Pierce is a late, late withdrawal, really, with a tight calf muscle. He kind of felt it in mm. the early warm-up. I think he wanted to play, and the coaching staff were like, no, no, I think you should uh, sit this one out. So Bailey Banfield comes in. But when that happened, I thought, oh, you know, the Saints could, because Max King kicked four goals, I think, um, yes, yep. you know, last time these two two sides met. So I was a little bit worried, but they had that luxury too. Griffin Logue has been playing forward. He goes back as well. And they've just got some really good key defensive stocks, don't they? Yeah, well, we spoke to Caleb Sarong uh, in the postgame last night and he conceded and, 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 and alerted us to the fact that Griffin Logue was playing forward. Uh, he was slated and planned to be playing as a key forward. And then Pierce went down, you know, very, very close to the opening bounce and Logue was was forced to swing back. And the longer the game went on, the more uh, in control of Max King he became. Mm. Now, he was giving away significant height and reach, but his timing to to spoil the footy was outstanding. His body positioning. Now, Max Max King's got some development uh, to go in terms of his body use and his body height so that he's not getting pushed up the ball. He's a tall man who stands really upright and can get moved. But Griffin Logue was outstanding. Brennan Cox was really, really uh, mm. good. And he spent some time on King. He spent some time on memory. He took some of the resting rucks that were down there as well. And the guy who 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 sets it all up with his communication – uh, his his positioning, and I'll tell you, he's not a he's not a great athlete. He, aesthetically, you don't look at him and think, "Oh, this guy's a star." But I'll tell you who he reminds me of, and and at this stage, he's a poor man's version. That now, I don't <laughs> want you to get upset, but he he plays a very uh, very much a Luke Hodge yeah, role in the, the back half. He just sets it all up. He's all, you you know, if you're at the game and you watch him, he's always pointing, he's always yelling out to someone, he's always dragging wingers back and half forwards to come up higher. Up the ground, he's an outstanding player. He's already been an All-Australian, so you know it's not a secret how good he is. But watching him last night, he sets up so much of what happens for, Fre- uh, for Fremantle in a defensive perspective. And we have to talk, too, about Andy Brayshaw. I mean, his season has been quite incredible to date. Um, outstanding again last night, 36 disposals, 10 tackles, 3 goal assists. He's got to be right up there in the conversation for the Brownlow medal, doesn't he? Has to be, has to be. Uh, not that, uh, not that I would uh, probably see the same things as one of the field umpires, but I was charged with giving the votes, and he got the three votes from me, because he is an outstanding blend of. He is exactly what Fremantle mm. are. We're talking about a blend of you know defensive prowess and and flair and and boldness. He is both. He uh, that could be the thing that holds him back from 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 potentially polling heavily. Is he he. You don't notice him until the game's been underway for quite some time because he's just a worker. He just accumulates 
he amasses, he gets to contest after contest after contest, and it was quite noticeable last night. On occasion, Fremantle would turn the ball over, and he would have an incredible intent to get the ball back off the opposition. You don't see that from many of the absolute elite midfielders. They're often able to play the game on their terms and not necessarily be the guy who's charged with, you know, uh, transitioning defensively really hard, but he just goes. He just yeah. does it. It's just instinctive for him. And as you said, 36 disposals. He laid 10 tackles. No one else had more than six tackles on the ground. So he was outstanding uh, in that space, and he kicked a nice goal as well. I thought he was clearly the best player on the ground. And as you said, uh, when you go across the Fremantle side, you know, Will Brody might you know pinch a vote here or there, but there aren't many others who, who you could imagine pinching votes from him. So... I think you're spot on. He's got to be right up there because Fremantle have won a lot of games as well. Yeah, they have. They've won 12 games now. So that brings them level with the Demons and the Cats, of course. Where do you have them sitting in the Premiership conversation now? Because I guess my thinking's changed with Geelong. I probably wasn't 100% sold with the Cats until... (laughs) I know. I'm happy to put my hand up. I had some (laughs) doubts. But I think in the last month or so, that sort of changed for me in particular, obviously, when they beat the Demons Mm -hmm. um, the other night. But Frio, they're an interesting... They could be a surprise packet for me come deep into the finals. I think for them... I think uh, the judgment of Fremantle is, is an us problem, not a them problem. I think we look at them... And, and and what holds us back is probably, oh, there's a lack of star power. Mm. We know Nathan Fife's got two Brownlows, but he's building. He's had a long time off. He's rusty. Yep. Is he still that player? He didn't attend any centre bounces in the first half last night. He was incredibly rusty in the first half. I think he only had five disposals. Yeah, he did. Then went into the, into the um, middle in the second half, was able to hit the scoreboard and started to look really polished and really clean and, and quite um, strong and powerful and the five that we've seen. But he, he is probably the only one that we look at and think he's a superstar. Now, Brayshaw's a superstar, but he goes about it in a way that probably doesn't catch our eye. And we talk about Logue and, and Luke Ryan. These guys are bona fide stars or emerging stars, but they just don't play the game in a manner that would, uh, from our point of view, think, yeah, they're stars. How good are they to watch? How potent are they? How, how, uh, how exciting are they? But again, I think that's our problem. I think we need to assess them for what they actually get done, not necessarily what we think they don't have. And uh, the important element for Fremantle now, a top four finish will be outstanding and you know, obviously guarantees them a home final at some point. But I think for them, if they can finish... Now, this is a little bit of an oxymoron because they have uh, been on the road and beaten Geelong in yep. Geelong and beaten Melbourne in Melbourne. But I think... For them, if they could jump up and finish top two, then that gives them the home qualifying yeah, final. That, that would be helps. such a difference for them because they're a young side. They would take so much confidence from having a home qualifying final in Perth. They're probably 12 months away from, from really being in the absolute window. What happens with Rory Lobb will be incredibly interesting and Luke Jackson, but they're good enough right here, right now. Um, no doubt about it. 
I do feel like that their, 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 their nucleus of players are probably 25 to 30 games away from being at their absolute peak and, and in the window. And probably finals experience plays into that as well, yes. obviously looking at Geelong and Melbourne and how much finals experience they have across the line. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the Dockers haven't played finals since 2015. So a lot of players quite new to playing um, footy in September, which, you know, I mean, nothing to lose, I think is the other thing. You can sort of play... I guess they've kind of been off Broadway a little bit. Maybe that's because we're so um, Victorian centric down here at times, and we and we kind of forget about the other clubs that play outside of Victoria. But um, maybe being a little bit off Broadway in the sense of the wider footy community might might help them a little bit in terms of expectation. But certainly Fremantle has has been um, fabulous. The other big story yesterday, and the thing that I absolutely love so far about this round is Noah Anderson kicking that goal after the siren, uh, the Gold Coast Suns sinking the Tigers. That was a special moment. And I was listening to Coach Stuart Jew after the game and he asked the coaches in, in the box, is he going to kick it? Like, can, can he kick it? And he's been working really, really hard on his goal kicking, Noah Anderson. Zero goals last year from 20 games. This year he's kicked eight, including that match winner. Yeah, it was um, no bigger goal in his career to this point and, and potentially ever. Let's hope the young man gets to kick many goals uh, that is, are as important as that one. But it was an outstanding goal. It was just an outstanding goal. And I heard him speaking uh, to Fox Footy in the post game, and he said, I missed a goal in under 13 and a half from this exact <laughs> yes. spot. And um, It haunted him. I was, I was thinking about all sorts of things. So... Yeah, I, I just found his ability to, to, to stay in the moment and be focused. And it's not – look, I'm not diminishing the achievement at all, but it's not a huge surprise that he was able to go back and slot that goal because he's that type of guy. Yeah. He's a very, very polished young man. He's an impressive uh, young guy. He's a very, very good footballer. And uh, you're right, he has added that goal-kicking element to his game this year. So that was, that was outstanding. Uh, I'm glad we got to see it. We didn't get to see – uh, a few moments in the lead up to uh, the goal, uh, Fox <laughs> Footy decided to show Damien Hardwick's <gasps> emotions. That was a little frustrating, that but uh, I shouldn't be too critical because I imagine uh, being a TV producer is not easy, and a no. cameraman's not easy, or a camera person's not easy. But we did get to see the all important goal, and what a goal it was, and what a game it was because Gold Coast were absolutely shot to pieces, and uh, they just believed that. They just believed. Yeah, they certainly have this sense of belief this year that you probably haven't seen in past seasons. Also, maybe a little bit of maturity and coming of age um, from the group as a whole. But the Gold Coast Suns, they just knew that they could get back into this contest. And uh, for the Tigers, I mean, they were untidy. They were undisciplined Mm -hmm. in that last quarter. They'll be ruining their opportunities because, you know, Jason Castagna, um, missed it. Well, there was a smother from Charlie Ballard, really, but he missed a, a goal that he should have kicked. I think Jake Arts and Morris Rioli Jr. also missed gettable shots at goal late in the game. They certainly had their chances to put the Gold Coast Suns to the sword, and they didn't make it happen. Yeah, they did. Uh, and 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 every game that has a, a large comeback like that, and even the Fremantle and St Kilda game, we praise Fremantle enormously. And I'm proud of us mm. for doing that, Nat, because it could be easy to focus on the negative. Yeah. But every large comeback is is a story uh, of what both sides did. And Gold Coast did some amazing things, and I was you know, really impressed with their ability to take their moments and, and kick their goals. Matt Rowe, Sam Day, of course, Noah Anderson – 
but Richmond, there was a real, there was there was there were three or four. Watch the, the uh, KO mini this morning. There were three or four times where uh, Richmond players took shots on goal where or shots at goal uh, where they would have handballed it to a player in a better position. Mm. A year or two ago, no doubt about it. I've got no doubt in my mind. Shea Bolton was guilty a couple of times. Yes. He was run down uh, on one occasion where I think he had uh, Soldo in the goal square. He kicked one, which he did kick, but it was an opportunity to bring another player into the into the game because Stadnia could have done a better job on the ball that was smothered at at creating an angle and giving the handball. So I I, I truly think Damien Hardwick or David Teague, uh, the forwards coach, would have a look at that. And we're just quietly on Monday or Tuesday afternoon say, at our very best, we bring other guys into the game. And we are no longer the, the star-driven squad where we can rely on Dusty or Jack or Trent to, to carry us in certain moments. We need to bring each other into the game. And they missed a few of those opportunities last night to, to really ice the game and, and make their teammates better. So I think that will be an element that Richmond have a look at early this week and yeah. review quite strongly. Yeah, it'll be a big learning for them. We'll deep dive into this game a little bit more later on in the show. But I do want to play uh, a little bit of audio from Stuart Jew after the match just to recap those scenes. Selfless from Sam, obviously straight up. And then Noah was confident because he has he has done the work. I might have asked, will he kick it? And uh, I reckon Stephen King and both Brad Miller and Stephen King said, well, he's done the work, We're backing him in. So I jumped on board that that train. And, uh, yeah, that was – we sort of talked. You remember the – I was lucky enough, I think Jared – yeah, well, no, no, Jared Poulton kicked the goal at the SCG after Simon Peter Burgoyne once. Um, they're special games. Regardless of situation, it's just a when you win one like that, it's you just let it all out, don't you? And they certainly let it all out. I think it still eats at the heart of a lot of Hawthorne fans that Noah Anderson is playing for the Gold Coast Suns and not in the brown and gold where his father, Dean, played uh, a lot of footy, but unfortunately not enough for him to qualify as a father-son. But he is a special player, Noah Anderson, and coupled with Matt Rowell. The Gold Coast Suns, I think, are, are going places, despite the fact they're eight and eight. And I, I think next year will be their year, JJ, when we look at what they've achieved and finals is probably not going to happen for them this year, unfortunately. But I think with King coming back in next year, they can get a good run with injuries. Um, hopefully next year's the year they finally make finals. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't completely write them off. It is difficult. They, they, they had to win one of the two that they dropped, the close games that they dropped. And, and, and they had to win yesterday... However, they could find a way, uh, and they did find a way. I just thought if they lost yesterday three three really winnable games, if they dropped all three, um, and who knows what would happen you know, in the, in the six or so games that are left, but it would just take a little bit of a, a gloss off what they've done and how far they've, they've, they've come because they're, they're at the stage where uh, the, uh, the honourable losses for them no longer apply. Mm. They're, they're, in the winning, they're in the win business now. They're not in the, the honourable loss business. So... Uh, it was great to see them do it last night. They, you know, they were unlucky uh, in Adelaide with a, a, a contentious late mm-hmm. umpiring decision, which could have easily gone their way. The guys at Rankin was in position to take the, the shot on goal. So they could have easily pinched uh, one or two of the, the, the two that they lost. But to get last night's win uh, probably just solidifies their own belief that it doesn't matter the situation, the opponent, the scenario – our absolute best can get the job done and, and, and they would take so much confidence from that. 
Yeah, they certainly will. All right, still plenty more to come here on Sunday Crunch Time. Brisbane assistant coach Cameron Bruce to join us after the break. You're listening to Crunch Time. We'll be back after this. The award-winning Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camels call Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you on this Sunday morning. Three games to go to round out round 17. The first one, the Brisbane Lions up against Essendon at the Gabba. 1.10 p.m. Eastern time start. Looking forward to this one, JJ, because the Lions, I'm just fascinated to see what happens. Nine changes, I think it is now. Every Mm. time I look at the AFL Live app, I'm just checking to see who the latest out is. They've been absolutely decimated so far. They have, and they've lost some real quality. Make no mistake about it. They lose uh, Harris Andrews. They lose Rich. They lose Zorko. They lose Jared Berry. They lose McStay. Uh, they lose Kitty Coleman, who was outstanding yeah, last was, week. So make no mistake, they lose a lot of quality. But they get some guys, uh, uh, or they bring some guys back in who are who are competent uh, and experienced AFL players. Now, Darcy Fort's been really, really good for them mm. in the early part of the season. So they'll play the two rucks again today uh, with McStay out. Ryan Lester's played 12 or 13 years for, for the Lions. And the Kaya Cockatoo's been okay since he's gone north, Mitch Robertson. We know he's played so much footy. So they do bring in a few guys who who have played at the level, who understand what it takes and, and, and who can contribute and won't come in and feel overawed by the situation. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mess for Brisbane because of uh, the amount of players who go in and out. And when you have to make that many changes, uh, it can't be a, a good thing. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't lose hope if you're a Lions fan because... Essendon haven't exactly set the world on fire for the most part no, this season, uh, but it will certainly give the Bombers a little uh, a little glimmer of hope. Yeah, it certainly will. Let's find out exactly how the week has played out for the Brisbane Lions and assistant coach Cameron Bruce has been good enough to join us on Sunday Crunch Time Camp. Welcome to you. How is everyone feeling at the moment? Are you just holding your breath to make sure that there are no other late changes at this stage? Yeah, thanks for having me. It has certainly been a uh, an interesting week, and we got some good news this morning that uh, we're we're going in as selected um, oh, as of yesterday. So if uh, there was no surprises this morning, which has been a, a sort of daily occurrence this week, um, but uh, then, then the challenges, I guess, is is the current climate and uh, a good test of our depth. Once you sort of found out that there was a little sort of outbreak going on, did you have to change things up in terms of um, protocols at the club, like splitting up groups and and doing anything different to kind of make sure that it was more contained and it didn't get too out of hand? Yeah, we uh, we adjusted the program a little bit in terms of meetings and the size of meetings and how they were conducted and um, contact hours at the club and all that sort of stuff, so... We're, uh, you know, obviously pretty conditioned at, at dealing with these things uh, these days and um, to the credit of, of the, the administrative team and uh, everyone else, it's sort of, we feel like we've uh, got a hold of it now and uh, gives, gives guys an opportunity that uh, ha- haven't been getting that just because of the, um, the way we've been performing and uh, they'll get a chance. I'm sure they'll be really hungry to, to play well today. 
Cam, Josh Jenkins here. Good luck this afternoon. Uh, firstly, or oh, quickly, what's the uh, weather like up there? Because typically the 110 games up at the Gabba are beautiful games to play in, but uh, it's been a little indifferent. So what, uh, what's the weather update for us? No, nah, it's a bit... It's, it's a, uh, what I'm told, a, a standard Queensland day. Oh. Uh, I uh, came up here, promised the, uh, the best conditions <laughs> ever and very consistent conditions, but... Uh, Hasn't quite panned out like that, but no, uh, certainly today is a, you know, 20 degrees, uh, perfect, perfect day for uh, for Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon footy. That's for sure. Beautiful, sounds uh, excellent. Now I was just saying uh, before we grabbed you on the phone that you do you do miss out and you lose a lot of quality and and you lose guys who ideally you don't want to be going out of the side, but you bring you bring back a lot of guys who are experienced at at, at AFL level. You know, Robertson uh, and Lester have been around a long time. Uh, Nakia Cockatoo has played plenty of footy since he's uh, come to you guys from from the Cats. Darcy Fort the same played you know pretty much every game uh, before Eric Hipwood returned. So you lose a lot, but you gain a fair bit as well in terms of experience and guys who 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 know that they can play at the level. Yeah, look, you, I, I did hear you, you comment on that, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, we've got some guys that are, are more than capable uh, replacements, and I guess the good. Uh, uh, reflection of, of uh, the, your depth is how your VFL team are going. And now VFL team who have had a lot of those guys play um, a lot of footy there a third on the ladder at the moment. So um, that's an indication. We're, we're certainly very um, confident that they'll come in and and, uh, and have been really hungry. You know, we've got, uh, as, as well as those guys coming in, we've got guys that like a Harry Sharp who um, hasn't been able to play. He's played probably a couple of games this year, but um, been playing consistent VFL footy and just hasn't had a chance to, to get get out in the senior side. But here's his chance, and I'm sure you know, he's been uh, really hungry to, to prove himself. So that's, that's an example of the guys that haven't played much footy and what they're going to be with their mindsets in terms of making an impact today. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're really happy with the, the guys coming in and uh, adequate replacements. And um, we're going, we know we've got to be... Uh, We've got to be playing well to, to beat Essendon, who have been in reason, uh, reasonable form. Now, uh, I'm interested in... So Fort comes in, and we saw that mix with he and uh, Oscar McInerney early in the season. You'd imagine Big Darcy will play some forward and some ruck. But uh, Tom Fullerton's the one I'm interested in because at stages last year, he's, you know, he's played that forward ruck role himself. He's listed uh, to play... Uh, in the back line now, I don't take too much note of uh, the, 20, the listed 22s on paper. But what will you do with uh, Big Fullerton? Is there a chance he might try and fill the void left by Harris Andrews? Yeah, that, that's probably the plan we're going in with at this point in time. Um, as, as you're aware, uh, with, with uh, Forty coming back in and um, that, that combination of him and, and Big O has, has worked really well for us. So um, Fullerton... You know, one of those guys that uh, is, has um, been able to, to play both forward and, and back for us. Um, he's spent pre-season doing the same. And for just this situation in which, you know, we lost, we lose a key defender and um, we need a replacement. And, and, and Tom's been playing really yeah, solidly at VFL level and, and gets a great chance to play against uh, one of the s and and hopefully make an impact and... And, well, hopefully the ball doesn't actually get down there for him to be in the game. But uh, <laughs> uh, if, uh, if, he, if he does, we're confident that he'll get the job done. 
Now, Carter Michael makes his debut, plays off halfback. He's a beautiful left foot kick. He's got the blonde hair. Is, is there a little bit of Daniel Rich about him? Yeah, oh, he certainly has a, a lovely looking left leg like a lot of the left footers going around. Um, and he's done a, a lot of work. He's a, he's a sunny coast boy and we've, just, uh, we've actually just done a, a Guernsey presentation. Uh, another left footer halfback, Grant Birchall, um, uh, presented him with his Guernsey oh, just nice. before, and uh, he, he's done some. Uh, he's done a ton of work. Grant actually works here at the Lions, um, and uh, he's done a ton of work with him, developing him over the last six months. And you know, Carter's been knocking on the door for an opportunity. And as you highlighted, you know, Daniel Rich has certainly had, has that spot uh, well and truly locked it up. But uh, when that opportunity um, popped up, he he put his hand up, and uh, and yeah, we're very comfortable with with Carter coming in and really excited for to blood some new talent and uh, certainly some local talent and uh, and hopefully he can give us some great run and, and drive from the back end. Cam, I'm, I'm interested. I, I uh, worked your game against uh, the D's a, a couple of weeks ago where you know, it wasn't the result you were looking for, but around the footy, I thought, now, Jared Lyons was subbed out of that game, so uh, you know he brings a lot of grunt, but I, I thought your you mix particularly without Zorko, uh, you looked a little thin around the ball in terms of how many guys you could throw throw through there. So is there more chance you might start to see or we might see more of Bailey or McCarthy or even Charlie Cameron at different stages? Uh, Mitch Robinson's played inside on ball at different, at different uh, phases of his career. Is there a chance you're going to try and uh, find a few more guys who can go through there and, and chop out lines and Lockie Neal? Yeah, look, we, we've, I mean, we've been... We've shown this year that uh, we've got a, we're increasing our mix and uh, our spread of, of guys that are going through the midfield. And those names you've mentioned are certainly guys that uh, we want to continue to develop. Um, you know, Melbourne, as you would be well aware, you know, are a side that, that they bring numbers up to the footy. So you've got yeah. you've got a choice to make. Um, you're going to look pretty there if you try and uh, play them sort of two down inside and. Um, but you just got to weigh up where you take your numbers from and how that sort of affects the game. So anyway, they exposed us and we've been working on some things to, to deal with that going forward and we, we got a really good result last week um, against the Dogs and, um, and and we'll obviously continue to look to continue to improve um, around that contest and the mix and the numbers game and how you how you get best drive from inside and, uh, and uh, we'll certainly be throwing guys that you mentioned, Bailey will get a lot more time today, um, Rainer will be around there, uh, McCarthy will be up and around the contest, so there'll be, some, there'll be some, some life around there and hopefully giving us good supply. Now Cam, before we let you go, we asked the hard-hitting questions here on Sunday Crunch Time, <laughs> important stuff, Charlie Cameron, he's been playing Country Road Take Me Home after every goal. <laughs> now I read in an article, an interview that he was done with him on afl.com.au through the week. He's thinking of possibly changing his song. Can you give us any insight or do you know? Is he well, going to change the song this week? Well, as far as I'm aware, I don't think he is and it'd be madness if he did because he's getting even us to start singing the words at the end of the, as the song's being played after a goal. So I think the whole stadium, it's yeah, become a bit iconic. But, uh, you know, and even the kids are, um, know, the, know the words and all that now. So, um, but Charlie's a different cat. And uh, as Josh should probably well aware, um, you know, who knows what he's thinking. And 
Um, he probably, if you, when you least expect him to change it, he'll probably change it. So, um, well, I just have to wait and see. Hopefully, we're hearing whatever song he picks. We're hearing it a lot today. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to say, Cam. Who cares uh, what song he picks as long as you get to hear it four or five <laughs> times? Because if you hear it four or five times, that yeah. means good things are happening. <laughs> Cam, yeah, thank correct. you so yeah, much. Definitely. Thanks so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Best of luck this afternoon with the game. Good on you guys. Thanks for having me. Cameron Bruce there, Brisbane Lions assistant coach. I have to admit, JJ, I really detest that song I actually want him really? to change it oh like and I didn't I don't even like Baby Shark which was the song that he Loved used to it. play and Loved it. I, I would prefer to hear Baby Shark than Take Me Home Country Road I just yeah not not for mine but uh, I know that the Gabba crowd really get into it and they absolutely love us well I've been dealing with Andy Ma and Julian DeStoop on the run home yes, you uh, have. every Friday and they can't stand it now my, my thing is so I've been there <laughs> I've experienced it and I've seen the baby shark in action when he kicks a goal. Yep. The kids and the crowd go absolutely mad. They're at their most excited when he's doing that. So unless you've been there, do not knock the music. I absolutely love the music because it gets the crowd fully engaged. The music's great, but maybe just change the song. We'll see. You have to wait till one ten, and hopefully Charlie Cameron kicks uh, a bag or two um, to, to get the crowd going and we can uh, hear what song he's got in store for us this week. You're listening to Sunday Crunch Time. We'll be back after this short break. The award-winning Crunch Time. Cole is there. Oya can run onto it. He slips over. Picked up by Holman. In the pocket. Snaps to the teeth of goal. Across the face. Marked by Sanday. He works it backwards. Finds the short kick. And the mark has been taken. There's the siren. The Suns trail by four points. Anderson to win it. From right half forwards. Noah Anderson... <laughs> The walk-off winner for the Gold Coast Suns. And Noah Anderson, this is his moment. Well, what a moment it was at Metricon Stadium. The Gold Coast Suns getting over the top of Richmond. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. It does put a dent in the Tigers' finals aspirations. They're 9-7 and seven now, but they do face the Brews next week. It was a great game, JJ. We spoke about it off the top of the show, but the fact that the Tigers led by 40 points in mm. the third term and they let this game slip. That's not a good sign. And I know they were missing, I think it was something like a thousand and five uh, games worth of experience sitting on the sidelines um, last night. So I know that plays into it. They're missing personnel, but 40 points up, you shouldn't be letting that happen. No, you shouldn't. And they're going to be missing more too, because um I think uh, you were at your news-breaking best saying that uh, Toby Nankervis might be missing some time. Lynch has got a – whether it's a, a reoccurrence or a new uh, hamstring injury, it do, it's irrelevant really. It's a, The fact is it's another one and uh, he'll be missing, you'd imagine, at least three games with, 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 a, with a secondary mm. uh, hamstring issue. Soldo uh, has an issue as well, so they lose both rucks. Initially, I don't think they really – truly in their heart of hearts, wanted to be playing two rucks. Now they've got no rucks. So they've got issues there. The player they miss 
Yes. Uh, I know where you're going with Matt this. <laughs> is the player uh, who played for the other side, yeah. Mavio Chol. Now, I'm, I'm keen to ask Pickers about this when he uh, when he joins us after 12. Just that balance between, you know, when you – and I don't know who looks after Mavio Chol, but clearly he and Callum Coleman-Jones were desperate for more opportunities and they just weren't willing to wait. Richmond, uh, and, and rightfully so, Richmond were going to continue on and, and try and – uh, press for another premiership, a fourth premiership. And, and, and Chol and Callum Coleman-Jones were of the view that, hey, we're good enough to be playing AFL footy. We haven't received the opportunities that we feel like um, we, we, we should be getting. We know our time will come at Richmond, but let's just go somewhere else and, and, uh, and kickstart our career. And maybe Chol has been absolutely outstanding. Was again last night, kicked his, kicked his few goals and was dangerous and does it in a different way. But... He is the forward ruck that Richmond would just desperately love to have in their side because I've been of the opinion all year that they've looked a little top-heavy when they've had to play Soldo with Nankervis and Lynch and Revolt. So maybe our child would be the perfect uh, fit alongside those guys. But unfortunately, Nat, for Richmond and fortunately uh, for Gold Coast mm. fans, he's playing and living on the Gold Coast. Yes, it is unfortunate for Richmond. This was the coach Damien Hardwick on their injury issues right now. It was a tough day at the office, no question. You know, Soldo broke his thumb, so he had to go down for treatment. Um, you know, then we lose Nank late, PCL. So, you know, we might not have any rucks next week. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. So the challenge is who rucks next week against the <laughs> Roos. I mean, look, there were positives for the Tigers last night. Shea Bolton again, 29 disposals, three goals. I mean, he's just been absolutely outstanding. Daniel Rioli, you look at him, 31 touches. But yeah. this is, I think, the third time this season that the Tigers have actually lost by under a goal. Actually, the third time in a month that they've lost by under a goal. What does that say to you about the Tigers? Is there a concern that I know with, you know, Cochin's been missing and, you know, Dusty's been in and out, but is it an on-field leadership thing when you're losing by under a goal? Well, it shows to me that they're not feared like they, they once were because they are not the side they once were. Now they're still a potent group and they've got match winners all over the place and, you know, Shea Bolton, I presume, and I don't know this um, I don't know this for sure, but I presume Shea Bolton probably grows a leg in a sense or, or flourishes even more so when Dustin Martin's not in the team because I, I reckon he gets to play Dustin Martin's yeah. role. So he gets to Spot be a, at more stoppages. He gets to be in more centre bounces. He gets to be more of a focal point in the forward half. And, you know, 29 disposals, three goals, three. He probably should have kicked four or five. He should have given off a couple as well. But he was... Absolutely outstanding, and he is he is just a streak of lightning whenever the ball goes near him. He is so dangerous. But there's a there's an underbelly to this team that hasn't been there uh, throughout their premiership uh, run, and and that's obvious to say. But you know they've got a they've got a bunch of young guys who are just trying to 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 build a career and forge a career and find a place within this side. Ralph Smith is a guy I like, but hasn't played uh, much footy. castagna has been in and out of the side. Uh, Tarrant's just new to the squad. He was out of the side. He's Mm. in the side. Arts is a guy I I like his forward pressure, but he's been he's probably played more VFL this year than AFL. Thompson Dow still trying to find his way. You know, Shane Edwards is is clearly uh, on the decline or the descent in terms of his career. So, you know, Cumberland the same. He looked good last night. Ben Miller hasn't played much footy. So that's probably seven or eight guys that I've just named who who are trying to forge an AFL career. 
the, the, the underbelly of Richmond's premiership sides were probably you know, Nathan Broad or um, you know, Soldo or guys who are actually really strong and competent AFL players. So it's just that evolution that they're going through. You know, no Cochin, uh, they're going to lose Lynch, no Dustin Martin. So they don't have the guys who the young guys can look to and say, what do I need to do? Okay, tell me to do it and I'll do it. They're, they're, those guys aren't there either. So uh, it's just an evolution for Richmond. And look, they probably, they are where they are in a sense. Look, they, 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 they can look potent at the MCG in front of a big crowd and they're still capable of going anywhere and beating anyone on, their, on, on any, any given day. But right here, right now, they're not even guaranteed to, to make the eight. They're going to have to win some 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 tough games to to give themselves an opportunity. But that's they're the team that that I reckon all they needs an opportunity because if they face Carlton, if they face Collingwood, if they face Melbourne, if they face Geelong, those games are all at the MCG yeah. in September, and they will fancy their chances against anyone at the MCG in September. So they just got to get there. Yeah, there's six weeks left of the season. If they can get some players back and get some continuity within the personnel on their team. I mean, Richmond is certainly one side I would not want to face at all during September. They're nine and seven at the moment. So they're eighth on the ladder. Just looking at the ladder, you've got St Kilda in ninth, nine and seven as well. The Bulldogs um, and the Suns and Port Adelaide on eight wins. The fact that the Tigers lost last night really helped out a couple of those other sides who are still vying for a chance. And really, we spoke spoke about uh, a lot about Fremantle off the top of the show as well and how fantastic that win was but we haven't spoken really about the negative which was St Kilda a prime opportunity going into this game with the result the way it was they could have been in the top 8 had they won last night they started strongly and just fell away in that second half but a missed opportunity for St Kilda and they've now lost four of their last five after starting the season at 8 and 3 what has happened to the Saints? Did we just overestimate them? Uh, potentially, yeah. I, I, I think, um, you now I want to talk about last week's game a little bit because last week's game, everyone was, was, uh, was, you know, was you know, giving them great plaudits for beating Carlton. But mm. I didn't like, I didn't love the game style that, I thought Carlton were happy to play St Kilda's game style last week. Yep. I think it was just a bit of an aberration from Carlton. I didn't think they were as willing to get down and dirty as they have been this season. But we saw a lot of walking goals from St Kilda last week. A lot of uh, memory and Higgins and Butler and King, you know, walking goals, being ahead of the game with no defenders between them and the goals. And Fremantle don't give you that. Fremantle have a system that doesn't give you that. Carlton's defensive system still evolving. And, and, and Fremantle is a really strong defensive system. They don't give you those easy goals. Neither do the... Neither do the really good teams. Melbourne don't give you those goals. Yeah. Geelong won't give you those goals. So I, I don't love the way St Kilda try and play the game at all times. They're, when it comes off, it's outstanding and it makes the game look quite easy. But they are uh, a little too quick to get forward of the contest. Uh, even at long balls that are kicked out of, you know, from kick-ins that go to half-back, they're, they're eager to get ahead of the ball and to find that spill and to get onto it and then to slingshot back to, towards... Uh, their own goal. They need to have more guys who are willing to stay around the ball, be in the contest. Like it, it, it leaves so much of the grunt work to Crouch and Steele and Zach Jones, whereas a lot of the other uh, St Kilda players are looking for the second or third uh, possession in the chain of events. So I think they, uh, they they need to just write that a little bit and 
Uh, that's what they were found out with last night. They were trying to flick it around and play their game style. They weren't acknowledging what Fremantle yep. were able to bring and how Fremantle are able to play. So no doubt it's a costly loss for St Kilda. At half-time on their own front, they are in the eight. Richmond were ninth, and the ground announcer at Marvel Stadium said, Richmond uh, in their rightful spot in ninth. Well, that backfired <laughs> on uh, on that young lady because uh, Fremantle will come out and kick seven in a row. Maybe that was the catalyst for Fremantle's comeback. But um, it's a costly loss. It is yeah. a really, really costly loss. They're, they're not a high-scoring side, St Kilda. I think we probably... Yeah, we, we think they're a, a high-scoring, uh, potent side with smalls and talls. They've only kicked 1,277 points, nowhere near as many as the other teams. Yeah, certainly costly loss for St Kilda with a tough game to come next week against the Western Bulldogs, which should decide those two teams' finals chances. We'll be back with plenty more Sunday Crunch Time right after this break. Award-winning crunch time. Hello, everyone. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. If you're just joining us for the first time, it's great to have you on board. If you're here for the second hour, even better. So far, it's been myself, Nat Edwards, and Josh Jenkins wrapping up what's happened so far in round 17. And now Liam Pickering joins us. Pickers, welcome to you. Uh, good afternoon, Nat. And hello to you, JJ, and everyone listening. It's um, another fascinating round of AFL footy. It's um in full swing, right as we speak. Yeah, we've had some cracking games. JJ and I have been talking all morning about the Gold Coast Suns sinking the Tigers. Noah Anderson, the hero last night. And, of course, Fremantle getting the job done against the Saints in what was a third quarter surge. The other winners from last night, Port Adelaide getting the job done over the Giants. The Pies survived a scare at the MCG overrunning and inspired North Melbourne. We will talk about that game in more detail in just a moment. The Cats, obviously, the winners on Thursday night and the Swans blowing the Bulldogs out of the water on Friday night. Three games still to come. Brisbane and Essendon, a decimated Lions outfit. How will they go at the Gabba this afternoon? Hawthorne taking on the Adelaide Crows at Marvel Stadium. Well, Hawthorne have lost their last five games at Marvel Stadium, so this is certainly a danger game for them. And West Coast up against Carlton, who get back Jacob Wiedering, of course. That's the last game to round out all the action from round 17. And, of course, Dale Tapping, Bombers assistant coach, will be joining us around 12.30 today. What have you liked about this round so far, Pickers? Uh, pl- plenty, to be honest. Um, obviously, I love Thursday night. That was a terrific win by the Cats. And Swans look very, very ominous, really, on Friday night. When they play that sort of footy, they're a, they're a really good You just good don't know which side's going to rock That's up. That's the problem with Sydney. Is they're a bit inconsistent with their performances. Collingwood, they, they did survive a scare. Mm. North were their better team for three and a half quarters and were able to get over the line and but you could say the same about Richmond. I mean they were a better side all day. And then yeah. the last quarter they sort of fell asleep and the goal coast to their credit, great win. Uh Saints, well they were disappointing after half time. They were terrible. And Port were good. Very good. Yep, yep, they were indeed. JJ, I know you absolutely loved the game of Fremantle last night. You saw that live. Is that one of the best games you've seen live this year? It's it's one of the most uh, impressive uh, performances. Now they did get they did, they were getting beaten at half time, mm. so it was an impressive half. Uh, but it was but it was just that mix of um, the defensive stability and structure with Griffin Logue, who was playing forward half an hour before the game, and then Alex Pierce went down and 
he was forced to go back and, and play back and did a really good job on the on Marshall and Ryder when they were there and did a good job on Max King in the second half. Brennan Cox, Luke Ryan, they're a really stable back six or seven. And then they've got some more dare and some more dash in the front half with uh, Schultz and Banfield. Jordan Clark's added a lot coming from the Cats to the Dockers. He had 30 disposals last night. Will Brody's been outstanding. Will Brody's much better. He's a much better mover and runner and distributor of the ball than, than I thought he was. And I think sometimes you get sucked in when a guy's not getting a, a game and the, you know, the, 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 the murmurs are pickers that you know, he's not a good runner or he's not a good kick. He, he's, he's both. He's a good runner. He's a good kick. He's a good athlete. He kicked a couple of nice goals last night, 29 mm. disposals and two goals. He just keeps on keep, keeping on for the new side. Yeah, he certainly does. I want to talk about Collingwood and North Melbourne. That game at the MCG, the Pies 13-10-88, getting the job done over the Brews 12-9-81. The Pies have now won seven games this season by under two goals. They are the escape artists of 2022, their seventh win in a row for North, their 14th loss in a row. It was a massive week for the North Melbourne Football Club. Lots of pressure, lots of pre-game chatter about the future of coach David Noble. Would this be his last game? Does it buy him an extra week, Pickers, given the performance from North Melbourne was so much more improved? Oh, absolutely. If he, if he wasn't going to get moved on after last week, you know, when they get beaten by nearly 100 yeah. points, you know, he's certainly not getting moved on after that spirited performance yesterday. I thought they were terrific. Really did. I mean, it was one of those ones where every time you looked at the screen, you think, gee, North plays everywhere here. So, great. It was a great performance, but just a little bit of... Uh, Class in the end got Collingwood over the line, really. Yeah, it was. I mean, Luke Davies-Uniac was outstanding, JJ. I thought he was probably the best on ground. He had 33 disposals, 14 inside 50s. Then you had Nick Larkey cropping up, kicking five goals. He had 19 disposals as well. He was everywhere. And thank goodness Ben Mackay was playing back in defence. Well, it hasn't worked up forward, let's be honest. <laughs> that hasn't worked. It's a lot easier down back than it is in the front half. But no, he's. But the thing about Ben McCoy, he's actually an outstanding uh, big-bodied defender playing close to goal. He's had some really good duels with Tom Hawkins and he handles those big bodies really, really well. So it, it's been strange to see him playing in the front half and, and kind of floundering like a fish out of water, but to see him go back and, uh, and excel in his natural habitat, it just gave them great stability behind the ball and uh, they, they they just showed some signs, you know. They had some guys leading the way. Mackay down back, Davies Uniac in the middle, and then Larky, who I, I think is an outstanding talent, who's just been who's just been probably driven mad by the lack of mm. opportunity and ability to get some one on ones and some clean ball. So it was good for him as well to to get an opportunity to to kick a bag and feel good about himself. Well, they actually played with a bit more speed on the ball yesterday. Like they were going at the front of contest. Gee, they were terrible against the Cats the week before. I mean, just going down the line, just really predictable, boring stuff, which they were against Adelaide the week before yep. as well. So they certainly played a different style of footy, a different brand yesterday against Collingwood, and really got them over the line. Yeah, and it did. I mean, they averaged North Melbourne 54 points per game this season. They had 52 points at halftime. They they were probably ahead in all of the, the key areas of the game, but unfortunately fell short. This was coach David Noble after the game. No pride or excitement, but the effort no. that they were sort of showed, none? No, we had the game right in our grasp, and... We missed some opportunities. I think when you get a bit, you know, you get a bit fatigued. I think there was an element where we got a bit rushed. Um, to the pies, you know, credit they put the pressure on. Um, you know, some experienced guys stood up and took control of the game. We weren't able to sort of stem that flow. We probably need one or two goals to just break that that cycle. 
But yeah, no, our, our guys are extremely disappointed. You would be if you blew a 26.3 quarter time lead. The Pies, though, on the flip side, I mean, they've got some interesting problems and they're probably good problems to have because Darcy Cameron, he kicked three goals yesterday, but he's been having an outstanding season. Run, so where does Brody Grundy fit in oh, he'll find, I think they'll <laughs> the find a spot for things. him. I think they'll find a spot for Brody. I think people, when you've been out for so long, you sort of, and, and you're right, Darcy's been going well. I mean, obviously you've got Coxie's going pretty well as well, so... Uh, but I think when the whips are cracking, they'll find a spot for Brody Grundy. How are you seeing the Pies, JJ? I mean, they're sitting fifth on the ladder at the moment. 11 and 5 they have exceeded everyone's expectations, probably even their own. Do you think they're just making up the numbers in the top eight? Or do you think they can actually, you know, have an impact come September? Just uh, might need to go back through the audio. Nat, in the summertime when I thought oh, they could we finish go. top oh. six oh, and go. got... Got absolutely laughed out of town. I almost had my SEN uh, uh, media credentials taken off me. <laughs> I just like the fact, in all seriousness, I, I, I love the the versatility that they've got. They've got a lot of guys who, who are really good kicks of the footy. And you know, if you can kick the footy, you're, you, you become such a potent team. Yeah, the Dacos boys are great kicks. We know Penelope's creative. Uh, Maynard's a good kick. Jeremy Howe's a good kick for a tall or medium-sized defender. We've got Crisp, Noble, Lipinski's been outstanding for them this year. Sidebottom's a good kick on both feet. They can just find a way to cut uh, defences up and team defences up with their ball use. And and to be honest, they mask what's not a, not a hugely potent forward line because of some of that ball use. They're able to uh, create opportunities for their uh, small and medium-sized forwards because they are really good at hitting uh, forwards on the lead and kicking to space and creating goals from from you know um, from you know channels that aren't necessarily their big key forwards because they don't have a lot of big key forwards. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Jordan Ngoi <clears throat> obviously missing that game as well with a quad strain. I'm not sure if he's going to be in any condition to, to make it back for the next game, but I, I did hear Craig McRae sort of talking about the fact that he was doing some extra touch work in the gym yesterday, a bit of boxing to kind of, you know, he's obviously keen to get back out there with his team. Taylor Adams, unfortunately, went off in the last quarter with a head knock, so he'll miss as well the next week. There's a lot to like about the Pies and the way that they've been able to, to carry themselves um, this season. Absolutely. They go across to Adelaide and play the Crows next Saturday mm. afternoon. So that'll be a really interesting test for them, I would think, that uh, Adelaide will be – they'll give them a lot of cheek next week. They should get Darcy Moore back. I think he'll be back next week. And to go, you would think if he's got a quad strain, he probably misses yeah. a couple, doesn't he, really? Yeah, but Moore is that as that key because they don't really have the – Well, Walker, the, 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 the keys – The stocks, do the they? The keys really – correct. The keys really of, of Adelaide are Fogarty – at the moment, it's Fogarty and, and Walker. So, now next week's a critical game and – Fifth on the ladder, I mean, outside of JJ being Nostradamus, I mean, I don't think too many of us thought they'd be top sort of five or six, really. JJ's going well today. In retrospect, that... in retrospect he's, he's remembered that. No one else oh, has remembered him I know. saying that So in January, he's had but, that right. and then Cam Bruce, we interviewed him, the Brisbane Lions assistant coach, and uh, I, I could see some fist pumps coming from JJ with oh. the, the little pat on the back. Oh, you know, no, the, good, good question. Good question, good question Josh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, come no, on. He's not becoming one of them pipe smokers. Oh. Like Kerry Lyon. <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, got to have a laugh. when Hey, you get more wrong than you get right, so you got to at least remember the ones you get right. I'll tell you that now. I don't know. All I know is that on the on the WhatsApp group this morning, you were crying out for. I don't know whether you talked about it in the first hour because it was I was listening to Not Miles yet. Fitzner or someone. Grabbing <laughs> on about um, on the WhatsApp group, definitely you were, you were talking about the the 
Ginevan free kick, so I wouldn't mind going into discussing yes, that Yes, I, w- I was going to bring that up because there was a bit of back and forth between the two of you. Obviously, we know the way that Jack Ginevan has been presenting himself. He tends to take his body a little bit lower and maybe go searching for contact. Now, he collapses at the knees and, and tries to draw a high free kick. That's what he does. Yeah, I think, you know, he's obviously the umpires have paid some, not paid the others. I just want to get your thoughts. Oh, JJ, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the way that Jack Ginevan is going about it at the moment. Uh, it's not just the Jack Ginevan issue. He's he's the poster boy for it, but he, it's not just the Jack Ginevan no, I mean, issue. I've there seen are Dylan others. Moore I was, do it for Hawthorne. Yes, yep. I was trying to think up a list, and I ended up coming up with six or seven who, who do it, and there's probably a lot more. Name now names, I, JJ. Name names. Who are the six I, or seven? Name and shame. I did concede, uh, because I'm happy with the outcome that you presented in terms of just don't ping it or don't penalise it either way. Just call it play on. Yeah. I just think when you look at and, – and Ginevan's are, are, are highlighted because of the three yesterday. I think each and every time you can see the player acknowledge the tackler, drop the body height, and then really reef the shoulder or the driving arm up to try and uh, accentuate that contact. I think if – if an umpire can see that, I'm okay if they penalise them for that because that is a form of prior opportunity. But I did concede in the WhatsApp, I did concede <laughs> to my elder statesman that if you want to just make it play on, go for it. Just play on. And that's what they did with that one in the forward pocket yesterday. It was like, play on, you've ducked, you've, you've drawn yeah. the free, and then in the end you couldn't get it out, so it's holding the ball against you. But that is your prior opportunity, is And if you duck or do anything like that, it, or you try depends and fend how, off... Depends how quick it is, really, but... I mean, to the letter of the law, they're all free kicks because they've got him across the yeah, shoulder. But yeah. yeah, I'm a bit with. I'm really of the opinion that if you if you draw it, if you draw this, what's going on with this? Can you hear me, all right? Yeah, <laughs> we can hear. You. Uh, this is hopeless. This is. Uh, yep, got it now. Uh, if you if you go down, uh, to me, the umpire should just say play on. That, that's my view. That's the easiest way I think to do it is to say, yeah, play on. You you've done that, so let's move on. My concern, JJ, is. That that is now his first. It looks to me from the outside watching on. That is his first instinct. His first mm. instinct isn't to take the ball, snap, or look for a handball off. It is to search for contact. Who who can I go towards or move towards mm. to try and get that free kick? And that's my concern. That that's his first instinct. Yeah, it is, and it becomes a bit of a habit now. Like. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and put myself on a pedestal and say if there wasn't an opportunity to exaggerate oh, contact milk it every day 25 metres out from goal <laughs> that I wouldn't do it. Of course I would do it, particularly you know, I haven't had a sniff for three quarters. I'm going to try and find a way to get a free kick. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's understandable, but I think if we take it uh, or if the umpires take it upon themselves to, to either, if they decide they're going to try and ping them, which will make it harder, make life harder on the umpires and they'll make get some really, really wrong, or we do just go down uh, Pickers' path and play and, and pay, play on, I'm okay with that as well because there, there, there are there, – I reckon there are enough uh, around, enough guys around who, who, who are making it an issue. Some things, you know, it's only one or two guys doing it and we highlight it, but there's more than Gittemann. There's enough around who I reckon do this – and, and it could be worth having a subtle change where we say, nah, when you see that, it's just play on. Yeah, well, I think that made a really good point. It does. It seems like the first thing he thinks about when there's when there's a little bit of pressure around him and some bodies around him is how am I going to milk a free? Yeah, and he's got to get that out of his game. Well, we saw him. We saw him. Uh, he was on the. He was captured on the news or on social media teaching uh, Ben Madgen how yeah. to actually do it and and practice. But they it, train so. it at, at Collingwood, like Craig McRae has said before. They they kind of train their players that way. Well, it's a bad thing to be training them. I would have thought. <laughs> 
I just don't think it's well, it's not one. It's not in the spirit of the game, but secondly, it's to me, it's a it's a it's a cheap way to get a kick. You know, yeah, I mean, you've is. already got the ball. If you're doing that, you've already got the footy. Shouldn't you be trying to evade or give mm. it off instead of trying to draw a free? Now, I think the umpires will put the whistle away. That's my gut feel. Is it's, I reckon they're getting sick of it. I think that was a really good example yesterday. That one in the forward pocket. Uh, the umpires saying enough's enough, and you can even see the surprise of the North Melbourne players around. They were all saying, "Oh, he's ducked," and then, "Oh, hang on." <laughs> and they just jumped on him and free <laughs> yeah. kick. So I think there's a bit of that going on at the moment. Like he'll, he'll make his life. Way. He'll make life harder for himself in other situations too. He'll get held. You know, gen, he'll get genuinely held in front of goal. And yeah. human nature suggests umpires will think you know the boy who cried wolf to to, to some uh, respect, and he won't get other free kicks. So you know, it, it, it's a swings and roundabouts thing. And he'll 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 probably get a few genuine high ones that he won't get either from from here on out because as Picker said, umpires will just say. Well, you know, you play for free kick, so I'm just going to put the whistle away. Yeah, yeah had enough, had enough for you, little mate. Yeah. So you're going to have to earn your next kick. That's yeah. that's why I think that's the way I think it'll go. Nah, it's certainly an interesting debate around Jack Ginnivan, and uh, he's a talented player. I just think don't don't you don't need to do that. Just cut it out of your game. But that's the way he's going at the moment. Just before we ran up this chat on Collingwood and North Melbourne, a lot made of Jason Horn Francis being dropped to the VFL. Uh, he had 29 disposals, six marks and a goal yesterday. Um, this was Brent Harvey talking on the Sunday footy show about Jason Horn Francis. 18, you're very raw and you make a lot of mistakes. I'll tell you what he does. He does a lot of things right that nobody sees. Like he, again, talked about competitiveness. You sometimes just see him sucking a little bit because he's such a competitor. I actually like that. A lot of people can't get their head around it. I actually like it. That, that, that for me, means he cares. I agree. I think it means he cares. I mean, a lot made about him being dropped as well, JJ. But the fact of the matter, from my point of view anyway, I mean, he had eight touches the week prior. So he probably could do with a, a bit of a spell in, in the VFL. Yeah, I- yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my, my my view was just that, that, that on form alone, he deserved to be in the side ahead of a, a fair few of the other guys who were who were being picked. And the other element is, and 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 look, the right thing or the the moral or the ethical thing to do or the professional thing to do maybe is to to send him back to the VFL and work on a few different things and you know how you conduct yourself and all those types of things. But there's also the the, the reality that. You know, you, do you push him a little bit further away, and, yeah. and do you do you open up that that line of you know the people around him saying, oh well, do, you know, do they really have your best interest at heart? And and these things mightn't be real, but it just opens up that line. And I, you know, I, I just I thought they could have potentially handled any perceived issues that they thought he had from Monday to Friday and continued to play him in the AFL. No, but t- the good thing is he went back and had 30 and dominated mm. and he'll play next week. No, I totally disagree with that, JJ, to be honest. Uh, I think they, the only thing they had to do, the only thing they could do was drop him. Like he carried on like a sook the week before. He'd hardly had a kick. And number one draft pick or number 100 draft pick, don't act like that on a footy field. Don't go abusing a 300-game player. Don't go. He had to go back. He, they've done it. Good decision by the club. He went back, said, well, "All right, well, I'm going to show you how you know I'm better than this level." And he's done that, yep. and he'll come back in. But they wouldn't have stood for a lot if they didn't if they had allowed him to go on and continue the way he was. The sucking component that people talk about, um, I tend to agree with with Boomer in that it, it, he's so competitive, and it, it, the frustration boils over. I mean, I don't I don't love the the manner some of the mannerisms, but at least it shows. He cares. Oh, Don't you want to no, see no, that in a football? I mean, it, tell, it, tell, it tells me that it's a, a bit more about Jason at the moment. 
Now, that's what it tells me, mm. the way that, that he was acting on the field. Now, hopefully a week or two, a week in the reserves and whatever, and he'll come back and he'll be fine. But no, I thought it was um, really petulant display a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was. Well, it's interesting. I mean, Jaden Stevenson is the other one for mine. And we highlighted this, Kane Corns and myself, on the round so far on AFL.com.au last oh, night. We went after him, Nat. <laughs> oh, did you? Did you <laughs> we just, long, we long just highlighted a couple of... Poor efforts he had, in particular in the last turn, a missed tackle. Just, yeah, I, I mean, he had no tackles <laughs> in the game. It, he was disappointing. And for someone who I think has so much talent, where, where to next for someone like Jaden Stevenson? We saw him against Adelaide a couple of weeks ago, poor, terrible against Geelong. And again, yesterday, just some really poor efforts. He probably just needs to go back to the VFL and work out whether he wants to be an AFL player because he's not working like an AFL player at the moment. What are your thoughts? He, he's been so he was put back there when he was put back there in the Geelong game when Aaron Hall went down, and I presume they put him back there to try and generate a bit of ball movement and run. But they're, they're, and I've never played back there. But because there's some non-negotiables, if you're going to play as a as a as a defender uh, per se, then you've got to be able to defend at different stages. And I think that's what you guys were highlighting on uh, on on the on the afl.com show so yeah it's it's it, it can be hard cuz it's not natural to him to to be defensive and to tackle and be ferocious but i guess there's a minimum standard that he needs to meet to uh, to allow the other aspects of his game which he's good at to flourish uh, it's a shame because he is such a, a big talent, I think, that rising star winner in his first year of football. Hopefully he can get back to that. But right now it's time to get to Josh Jeans and Dabble. Uh, Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Good afternoon, Josh. And uh, I know it's always tricky when we're talking to you on a Sunday on the West Coast to play in the late <laughs> game. I mean, you you get yourself all wound up, but... How are you going, old mate? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well, and I can't wait to get to your bet because uh, you might have included the Eagles oh, tickets. Don't and tell I, 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 I want to <laughs> see your me. reaction to this one. Let's go. Oh, you want to do it then? Let's, let's go. Let's, let's, what do you want to do? Let's go back a step here, Joshy. Let's go back. Oh, a step. Okay, how, I got excited. I got <laughs> excited. I'm, how, did the, I'm sat- down. <laughs> how did the Saturday donkeys go? Yeah, no, unfortunately, the Saints let us down yesterday. I don't know where you see the Saints at the moment. I don't know if they're going to make the eight. They're hard to predict when you put them in a multi. What do you think? Yeah, they're a bit up and down. Yeah, they're, you wouldn't be backing yourself on St Kilda. They're one good one week, poor the next, but they were very ordinary last night. Uh, all right, what are we doing today? All right, we're going Brisbane Lions 25+. plus. Yep. The Hawks to get up over the Crows. Ooh. And then the Eagles with the upset over the Blues. Oh, That's please. the crunch time AFL bet. That's <laughs> what we've gone, Dave. Do you know the worst part is I've got in brackets here, in brackets, agree. Oh, I don't agree. It's, uh, anyway, I am agreeing for the sake of the, uh, of, the of the discussion that we're having. I must say, Josh. I, I, <laughs> Why don't we get you your own your own account pickers, oh, and then you can go against the team whenever you want to go. I make, mean, and we'll sense. see how good you go. Yeah, well, it makes sense. <laughs> You've never taken a risk in your life. No, That's no, the problem. You know, no. you got to add some value. That's. The- I've had, don't worry, I've taken a risk. Right? This segment's always a bit of a risk with you, Josh. But anyway, hey, uh, good, good, yeah. good luck to us today. Brisbane 25 and a half, Hawthorne head-to-head and yeah. Eagles head-to-head. And uh, what sort of price are we getting there? Yeah, $9.60 there. And so just remember, uh, Carlton hasn't been in the Eagles in seven games and it's over in Optus. Uh, so just, just okay. sort of take that one in there. But also, all you have to do to copy that bet, or we'll get pickers an account on the dabble, follow pickers and uh, go on, have a dabble. 
Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Thanks, Josh. We'll chat again next Sunday. Cheers, just, Tim. just reminding you as we as we let you go. West Coast two wins and thirteen losses. Carlton <laughs> at the moment ten and five. But anyway, we'll see. Living in the past. We'll Living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> see you, buddy. Oh man, I mean West Coast. I reckon they everyone could be, thinks they're a chance. They could be a sneaky chance, but I do back in Carlton. Oh, I think you, Carlton are a better team. Jacob I'll, Weedering I'll, coming back into the side helps, helps a, just a little bit. Anyway, that helps for sure. Uh, have you? Footy tips gone so far? Yeah, they're going okay. I've got four out of six. Yeah, I can't even remember what I've got now at the moment. But Gold Coast obviously ruined it. I was I was tempted I to took tip them. Oh yeah, no, I tip Frio, so I'm I'm up on that department. But I am not confident about the Hawthorne Adelaide game. I've tipped Hawthorne, but they've lost their last five by an average of thirty eight points. And they're red hot favourites, Hawthorne. Which oh. I can't work out either, to be honest. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see how we go. Good to afternoon. have the skipper Ben McAvoy back as well for the Hawks. But the early game one ten. 10 p.m. is, of course, the Brisbane Lions up against the Essendon Football Club at the Gabba. We spoke to Cam Bruce from the Brisbane Lions earlier, and he gave us the good news, Pickers, that there are no more late (laughs) changes. So just just the nine changes, if you don't mind, heading into this game. Uh, Obviously, health and safety protocols, COVID and uh, injuries just decimating the team, but no more late changes, which is uh, a bit of a a relief for mm. the Lions. Who have you got in that one? Oh, I'm, going, I'm still going with Brisbane because I think they're a better football team. Yeah. A bit like Carlton. That's why I picked them. But um, if they're ever going to get a chance to beat Brisbane in Brisbane, it's today when half their team's injured. So or, or ill, I should say, or not, not able to play at least. What our Essendon team is going to rock up today, JJ? Oh, how would you know? <laughs> how would you know? Um, oh, I think that, I think the, the, you know, it gets to a tipping point, doesn't it, where you've got to – um, you've got to work out whether you want to press on and, and make something of the season or, or really put everything at risk in terms of your, you know, the, the head coach and your own spot within the, the squad and the team. So uh, Darcy Parrish going out will be yeah. a big loss. So, you know, the, uh, the, the Bombers lose a couple of their own. Jake Kelly was out, uh, omitted, then gets a reprieve. So he'll be keen to do well, Mason Redmond. I think he's yeah, out he with COVID protocols mm-hmm. himself, he is, is he not? Yes, so, correct. Um, yeah, they're a little uh, a little disjointed. Keen to um, keen to uh, chat to one of their assistants uh, in a little while, uh, Nat, and talk about how they've uh, prepared and focused on the game because a lot of people will, will will look at Brisbane and see them as vulnerable because they've lost half their team. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's the uh, aim that the Bombers will be going down. Well, Dale Tapping will join us after this break. More crunch time to come. Award-winning Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards, Josh Jenkins and Liam Pickering with you. We're counting down to first bounce of the ball, 1.10pm Eastern time at the Gabba. It is the Brisbane Lions taking on Essendon and we are lucky enough to be joined by Bombers assistant coach Dale Tapping on Sunday Crunchdown. Dale, welcome. Uh, good afternoon, Nat. How are you? We are going very well. How's the weather up there? Is it nice conditions up in Brisbane? Um, absolutely magnificent it is. It's uh, yeah, probably about 20 and not a breath of wind and um, a fast track. So, uh, yeah, it looks great. Perfect conditions for a game of footy. We, we've spoken extensively about all the changes to the Brisbane Lions side. I think nine now. Um, 
Does yep. that what does that do for for you guys in terms of planning? Has it been difficult to plan for them, given there are so many ins and outs? Oh, look, I think for us it, it becomes more about you know how we approach our footy, and you know more than anything, like we're obviously aware and having sort of spent five years at Brisbane, I'm obviously familiar with um, mm. you know particular individuals, but you know for us it's really about us continuing our journey and re-establishing ourselves as a as a really strong footy team. Like the last month has been quite strong, and you know I think today is. It's just another test for us, and it's a really good test for our maturity. And um, yeah, regardless of you know what Brisbane are, are putting on the park, I think you know we need to keep you know building our game and how we uh, how we attack our footy, and, that, and that's where our energy has been, sort of putting uh, putting our energy into that into that focus. How much have you taken out of last week's performance, especially late, Dale? I mean, it was a terrific back end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, Liam. Like we, we certainly did take a lot of confidence out of it, and I think that just those you're sort of looking for little wins in games. And I think like we started slowly, and you know, sort of particularly around the ball. I think it was about six one a quarter time out of centre bounce, and just the fact that we didn't make any structural changes, we just really challenged our mids to sort of get to work of their craft, and and we started to balance the contest up, which gave us a bit more field position, and then you know the game got into an arm wrestle, and like. Yeah, we, we sort of spoke at half time, potentially trying to win the game three or four times in, in the game, and and then we got there in the end. Like it was, you know, just a, those there the things that we're sort of looking for to, you know, to sort of maximise every minute we play. And um, yeah, you know, you know, as we know, most games are pretty things aren't going to go your way all the time. It's your ability to hang in there and adjust when needed. And yeah, you know, we've seen signs of that over the last three or four weeks in Kilda, West Coast, and uh, now the Swans. So um, yeah, today represents another opportunity to do that. Dale, Josh Jenkins here. Good luck this afternoon. I'm interested in how you you guys are ranked last uh, for your pressure factor, and in turn, yeah. when there's not a lot of pressure on the ball, it's hard to hard for your defenders, and you've struggled in one v ones behind the ball defending those long uh, kicks inside fifty. How do you train, or how do you how do you try and uh, inspire your boys to bring more pressure? Yeah, it's a good, it's a great question, Josh. Like we've we've done a hell of a lot of work. If you come and spend us, you come and you know, spend time watching us train, and you know, we sort of really up the ante in in terms of our contest method, and yeah, you know, we just continually work at it. And it's a real craft, and it's it's a, it's a little bit of maturity too around. Yeah, you know, we've got a, we've got a, still a relatively younger group, and um, you know, you sort of younger sort of back half, and yeah, you know, we um, yeah, you know, we just keep working hard at it and understanding you know the system associated sort of around the ball, like who's pressuring the ball, who's sort of covering off outlets and, and obviously what you're doing with your rotations, you know, sort of some distance away from the ball. So it's really connected in terms of how you defend and generally it starts with your front half. And, um, you yeah, know, it's been a big focus for us and, and it will be again today. Darcy Parrish, unfortunately, not out there with you guys today. That calf injury, it looks like about four weeks out with that. How's he going? Because obviously disappointing um, to sort of have it at this end of the season. Yeah, it is. Like, he was a little bit sore a couple of weeks ago, and he obviously came back last week and and just pulled up a bit sore again and obviously got the scan. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise to most of us that Mm. It was a little bit more severe than what it is, and as you said, like it looks like a three to four week injury, and just got to be a bit careful with him. And he's so valuable for us. And um, yeah, it looks unfortunate, but you know, it's sort of, you know, these are these are the sort of things that happens within teams and in seasons. And yeah, you know, we um, 
you know, we get a, we get an opportunity to to, you know, to play, you know, maybe Joel Cor- Joy Corbell a little bit more inside. Yep. And he's, you know, he's a, he's a pretty competitive young man, and you know, he's got he's got actually really good craft inside. So I think, you know, Joy, you know, just steps in for Darth and yeah, you know, and we get that maximum output again. Dale, talk to us about the uh, improvement and well, the, the, the significant improvement in Peter Wright's game since he's come across from the yeah. Suns to the Bombers. Clearly, you work really closely with him. He's kicked his 35 goals yeah. already this season. Top 10 yeah. in the AFL for contested marks and marks inside 50. He's been an absolute beacon of light for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. And it's yeah, well recognised by you guys. And, and deserves, yeah, deserves a lot of credit for how he goes about his footy. And like, obviously, for me, with him... You know, coming to the club this year, sort of my first year at the club, and I'm working closely with him, and it's sort of no surprise that he gets what he gets in games because he he reviews his game really strongly. He's always chasing, you know, the best version of himself. Like he he works really hard on the upcoming opponents. Um, you know, whether they're the best defenders or some unknown type defenders, he just leaves no stone unturned, and um, you know, and he's sort of. It's really inspiring a lot of our inspiring a lot of our other younger forwards to sort of go down that path in terms of you know having a, a really holistic approach to your footy. It's not just about game day. Look, he sets his game up to succeed, and, and you know game day succeeds more often than not. He's been fantastic, and like even last week, he yeah you know, he spent a little bit more um, in at the centre bounce, and he only kicked the two two for the game. But I thought his game was as good as. He sort of played throughout the course of the year. Like, he went into the centre bounce and ignited at the centre bounce. I think he scored off his first two centre bounce uh, attendances and then pushed forward, kicked the goal. So he's, just, he's been a real um, a real pleasure to work with. And, um, yeah, he just prepares really hard. So, yeah, sort of no fluke. He's been pretty consistent with his footy. Now, we've enjoyed watching him go from strength to strength this season. The other player I have really enjoyed in the last couple of weeks watching is Massimo D'Ambrosio. Of course, the mid-season rookie draft selection. He's got a NAB Rising Star nomination now. But it just looks like, I don't know, he's always smiling. He's, he's contagious. It's that energy must be infectious around the club. Can you talk about the impact he's had in such a short amount of time at the club? Yeah, I think it's a good pick up with him with his um you know, with his constant smile, like he's he's just enjoying playing footy and I think, you know, for any young player and really even for the older players, I think it's a really uh it's a really good example. Like he, he's very passionate about it, he works very hard. Um, he's come in and you know, had a really good impact and his his craft work for a small defender is very, very good and and we've seen his ability to make really good clean decisions by foot and you know, he really sets yeah, you know, off turnover, you can really sort of set your light with your attack, and yeah, he's just a happy player, and um, you know, it's been a it's been a great acquisition for us, and you know, we um, we just hope that continues. Yeah, we certainly do here as well, Dale. Thank you so much for jumping on the line and and chatting to us before this afternoon's game. Best of luck against the Lions. Yeah, thanks for your time. Have a great call, guys. Essendon assistant coach there, Dale Tapping, joining us on Sunday. It's obscene doing interviews with you two. (laughs) It's obscene. Jake Jenkins down the line in Geelong every time. And he, oh, good question, Josh. Oh, he's got the hands going in the air. Then you've given him one back when you got a well, well yes. picked up in that. It's obscene. This is how we roll. I, I mean, you're obviously newbies at the media, Cape. Yeah, we've got to continually, well done, mate, for a good question. Small, we've got to take the small wins. Small wins. Come small on, wins. come on. <laughs>
<laughs> we usually get clipped. We usually yeah. cop backhanders, so we just take it what we can get. <laughs> I copped a backhander. Who was it to give me a backhander oh. against North? Not a backhander, but I said, oh, gee, be a long time since Geelong's been down to Tasmania. Oh. They said, yeah, Sean Greg. Last year, Greg <laughs> gave it to me. That's that was right. Sean Greg. I remember that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, we're all about having good fun here on Sunday Crunch Time. You're listening to The Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the Camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops will be back right after this. The award-winning Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards, Josh Jenkins and Liam Pickering with you as we count down to the first of three games on this Sunday afternoon. It is the Brisbane Lions hosting Essendon at the Gabba. The Lions have not lost at that venue all season long. They'll certainly be hoping they can maintain that record when they face off against the Bombers JJ today. And that is despite the fact that they've been decimated by COVID and injuries. Nine changes today. It's uh, certainly going to be an interesting contest and one that the Bombers will think they've got a sniff. Well, they will, uh, but I think they'll be wrong because uh, the, the, the lines the lines bring in some 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 good names. They bring in some guys who who are who are capable and competent AFL players. We uh, spoke about you know, Mitch Robinson comes yeah. back in. He spent a bit of time uh, in the VFL in recent weeks, but they bring back some guys who have played a lot of footy this year. Ryan Lester's been around for a long time. Cocker too. Tom Fullerton's uh, an exciting emerging tall who's going to play. In the back half today, which yep. will be interesting, Darcy Fort from uh, the Cats comes back in. He played most of the first or all of the first half of the season and Carter Michael uh, makes his debut. So oh, I think Brisbane should still, with the, the names that are left, Cameron, uh, McCarthy, Neil, those types, they should still be able to handle Essendon. They've still got some power in their forward line, haven't they? That's that's going to be the difference. I Charlie. Think. Yeah, you look at Danaher and, and you know, obviously Hipwood's still up there from tall perspective. Rainer's a dangerous player. Yeah, these sort of guys like Cameron that are very good as well. So, Yep, Lockie Neal to captain the Lions in the absence of Zorko and Harris Andrews as well. The second game this afternoon, 3.20pm Eastern Time at Marvel Stadium. Hawthorne sitting in 15th place on the ladder up against the Adelaide Crows, who are 14th. Now, the Hawks have lost their last five games in a row, but they've also lost their last five games at Marvel Stadium by an average of 38 points. In fact, they lost to the Adelaide Crows at the same venue in round 19 last year. Who have you got winning this one, boys? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still picking it. I'm picking Hawthorne, but not with the confidence of everyone else that seems to be Loading up on them because they're a dollar fifty. Yeah, I know that. Uh, so odds on is a bit. You wouldn't take Hawthorne odds on in a million years, but uh, Adelaide been really competitive the last couple of games. But I'm thinking I'm still leaning towards the Hawks. I uh, I'm I'm more than happy to to, <coughs> to pick the upset here. If there's going to be, if there is to be an upset uh, today, I, I would think it would be this game. Adelaide, uh, the guys like playing at Marvel Stadium. Uh, it's a, it suits their up tempo game style. They're going to be able to bring plenty of pressure. Matt Crouch gets another opportunity to, to come back in. Who knows what his future looks like? He'll be eager to play well. Um, a few a few decent outs for Hawthorne, and we know Jack Gunston and the reason why he's not playing and uh, thoughts uh, to him and his family. James Warple's out. Liam Shields is out. Will Day's out. So a few changes for Hawthorne. I know they get McAvoy back, but you can't expect too much from the big boy. 
first up off a long, long break. So I give Adelaide a really, really good chance. And as Picker said, the market's completely off here. Hawthorne shouldn't be... Uh, I think they deserve to be favourites, but only just. Yeah. The uh, flip of the coin job at best, I would have thought, but certainly not uh, not the way it's been favoured. But, uh, yeah, I think I can... I actually, if I was doing my tip again now, I'd probably pick Adelaide, to be honest. I think oh. JJ's just made a... Yeah, I don't want him to give himself a high five or anything. But oh, I, I too think late. He's, I think he's made himself made a, too a couple, late. couple of really good Hatton points is there. back all day. Yeah, I think he made himself a good point there. But um, anyway, I'm still leaning towards, as I said, I've picked Hawthorne, so I'm just going to stick with him. Okay, well, you might as well. I'm very nervous about that game as a Hawks fan. Well, you'll be racing home to watch it, won't you? I, I will be, but I might have to switch off at some point. I don't want to get too angry if it doesn't go the way that I would like it to go. West Coast up against Carlton Optus Stadium. That is the last game of round six. 17. The Eagles, as we know, just the two wins this season. But it's fair to say the last couple of weeks they've shown a lot of improvement. The Blues, though, their one win outside the top four, their 10 and 5. I mean, that loss to St Kilda would have hurt them last week. They're going to be looking to bounce back. The big in, though, of course, is Jacob Wiedering coming back into the side. Matt Owies comes in as well. Brody Kemp, Josh Honey and Will Setterfield go out for the Eagles. Harry Edwards and Josh Kennedy back into the side. Out goes Connor West. Elliot Yo, that's a big loss too. And Josh Rotham. Uh, Tim Kelly, 40 touches last week against the Tigers. Jeez, he's uh, been in some good form. They've won their last five against Carlton West Coast. They have. Mm. Yes, they Mm. have indeed. So uh, they've got a good record, but I think uh, the Blues are in pretty good nick. No, they're in good nick. I think they're a better team uh, on what we've seen this year. Clearly a better team. So I'm going to lean towards the Blues. Weathering in is a massive in. Yeah, yeah he is. Uh, I think they'll take care of West Coast. It'll be it'll be a challenge. West Coast have been really good the past three uh, three weeks. They were really good against Richmond last week, and uh, if not for a, a dodgy free kick against Nick Natnui, would have been within eight points late in that game. And Nick Natnui, if he can, I reckon Tom DeConing's just showing some mm. signs of being tired and fatigued going up against those big bulls week in and week out. So. If Nick Nat could do a bit of a number on him and give Kelly and Redden and uh, the guys around the footy first use, then maybe Kennedy and Darling and Ryan Waterman look good, took 11 marks last week, might be able to, to, to do some damage. But I expect Carlton to be too good around the footy. They, they had their pants pulled down a little bit around the ball last week, which was the yeah. most surprising part against St Kilda. So I reckon they'll be out to right those wrongs. Question without notice for, for the two of you. Is the top eight set now? So... Obviously, Geelong on top, Melbourne, Dockers, Lions, Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton, Richmond, yes. nine and seven, then the Saints, nine and seven, just outside on percentage. Then you've got the Dogs, Suns, and Port on eight wins each. Is the eight set? Josh, you're yes. saying yes. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking it's, 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 it's not. It's, it's, it's to nine at the moment. You don't know what you're going to get with St Kilda. If St Kilda played anywhere near their best, they're, they're just as capable as Richmond. With, so, the, with, the, with, the, with the amount of players Richmond have got out, I mean. Well, that is true. I mean, those injuries to Richmond are yeah. big. They're big injuries yeah. to lose. You know, you lose Dustin, obviously, and then you, you've got, you know, Vloster not playing. And then, of course, you've now got Lynch with a hamstring. And who else got injured last night? Uh, Nank and Soldo broken. So, no, no big blokes. I mean, they've got. But they're we, playing North next week. They're playing they North. Are. That's the one bonus they have got. But they don't lose any more. We will eliminate one. Uh, so, if you want to say there's 10 left and. Uh, which I don't think there is, but West Co- uh, Western Bulldogs yep. and St Kilda play each other next yeah. week. So say the Dogs beat St Kilda, then maybe we are down to eight. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, looking at uh, and after St Kilda, so you've got St Kilda Dogs and then the Saints play West Coast, Hawthorne, Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney. So it's a so pretty tough run. Richmond probably, probably have a easier run, if I can say that, because I don't think any game's easy these days, JJ. Am I allowed to ask a question without notice as well? Yes. Liam, yes. Uh, if if uh, put your list management or management or whatever cap you want to put on, yep. if if you are offered, if you are uh, Adelaide, if uh, sorry, if you are the Kangaroos, if you are offered uh, Horn Francis for Rochelle and their first pick, are you making that deal? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're doing it from both sides. You're happy with it from both sides. I'm happy with it for North Melbourne. Because I think okay. he's going to go – well, from what we're seeing, it's not looking like he's going to be signing any time Small soon. Small forwards like Josh Rochelle are hard to come by. No, he's though. a talented player and you're getting their first pick as well, which is going to be a pick inside six. Yeah, I'd be doing that deal. Personally, I would. Would oh, you? I, I don't Probably. know that I would. Well, you know, if, oh, if you oh. deep down don't think the guy's staying and he's not giving any indication well, that he's going to stay. Yes, but so from he's a – So he's got one foot out the door already. Get the best deal you can right now and move him on. Well, that's true from a North Melbourne perspective, but from an Adelaide perspective, I don't know that I'm giving up Josh Rochelle. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll do that deal. I think oh. that he's worth two first-round picks, though, Jason Horn francis Absolutely. Why? Well, yeah, absolutely. So. He was pick one, pick one last year, and he's got to be worth more than pick six or seven next year. And a, no, and a first-rounder. Yeah, he's got to be – yeah, I'm agreeing. He's got to be worth six and another first, I'd say. Yeah, but future first. Yeah, I mean, you're getting covered – you're getting the number one draft pick, you're right. I mean, he's a talented player. He's a very talented player, but it's all about him. If he wants to really commit and lock into being a North Melbourne footballer and leading from the front and all that sort of stuff, you, you wouldn't be trading him anywhere. Yeah. But if you think he's going to leave anyway, <laughs> your best it's time a, to get something decent for him is now, at the end of, of this season. It's a bit of a shame there's already Kangas fans, and you sort of see it you know, you're on the text line when you're working uh, in there at SEN or on social media, that there's some North fans who already say, you know, pack your bags, off you go. Yeah, it's a like bit of a that. shame it's, it is. it's oh, at that, that stage. I'm, no, I'm sure it can be I'm sure it can be re- repaired, no worries. But well, it's hopefully. a bit of a shame there's a few Ruse fans who want to see him He's gone. very, very close to his family. And I, I don't think uh, – it's tough. He's, he, you know, expectations. He was a very good junior player. He's come across to North Melbourne. He's clearly frustrated because the team's not performing all that well. And he just wants to – I think he wants to fix it, and he's not the answer to all of their problems, but you can see it weighs on him. So whether it's just better for him as a he's person. He's a very demanding player by the looks of it. Like, he demands of a lot of his teammates. Yeah. Nathan Buckley was a demanding Sam teammate. Sam Mitchell, a demanding teammate. But they had great qualities, which this kid probably has too, by the way. He's 18. He's an 18-year-old kid, but he needs some strong leadership around him. There's no doubt about that, on and off the field for mine. And he's probably experiencing his first uh, – uh, well, he's having to find his first piece of resilience. He's always been yeah, been, been used to being best on ground yeah, nine yeah. out of ten times and being told how good he is. So it is, it's, just a, it's just a part of becoming a professional athlete. Last question without notice because we've got about 60 oh. seconds left. It's mm-hmm. just, maybe it's a yes or no answer. If you're Freo in Melbourne, Luke yep. Jackson, is it a straight swap, Luke Jackson, for Andy Brayshaw? <laughs> no, oh, no, probably not. <laughs> no. Yes or no for oh, that? Oh, how can you give us a yes or no? We're going to, we're going to have to dissect that for a week. There you go. We've got a minute well, left. Both, well, at the moment, Brayshaw is playing the more the better football, you know, but he's not six foot seven, is he? You know, so uh, I mean, a, like, a he's, he's, a, he's a real talent, Luke Jackson. But Brayshaw is playing some serious football. That's and what he's I'd got be leadership written all over him. Yeah, if I was Melbourne, that's what I'd be asking for. If you want Luke Jackson. 
Mm. Give me Andy Brayshaw. She's your, she's your hard to deal with. <laughs> tell you what, it's a lot of easy swaps. You don't understand, these blokes are going to want to go there as well. Could Andy Brayshaw might manager? be happy in metal. <laughs> Maybe there's something in that if my journalism career fails. Oh, dear. Don't be a list manager. It's, uh, it's a tough job, they'll have list management. Don't worry about that. Oh, we've had fun this morning on Sunday Crunch Time. Thanks to everyone who has joined us today. We're looking forward to the Brisbane Lions and the Essendon Clash coming your way on AFL Nation. JJ, thank you. Stay warm down in G-Town. Thank you, Liam and Nat. Been a pleasure. Pickers, enjoy See you, the call. Have a good uh, afternoon. Yeah, we'll call this Brisbane and Essendon game. Let's get this one underway very shortly. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.